Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, I've had a, a string of just incredible shows, and uh, I always like to do a, a bit of a review periodically just to remind you if you're not listening daily. Some of the shows you might have missed, and uh, to encourage you to go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page or the Super Talk Mississippi Facebook page or Super Talk Mississippi YouTube page or your favorite podcast and look up these shows because I think you'll, you'll be glad you did. Um, I, I always enjoy my conversation recently with people like Hunter Dawkins, who's the, the um, uh, CEO and publisher of the Gazebo Gazette. They're actually located in Pasco Shan, little newspaper that's serving that part of coastal Mississippi. Um, he's a when you when you run your own newspaper, you're kind of a jack of all trades, so you got to do it all. It's a tough business, but there's actually a niche for for local newspapers, and I think Hunter's done a really good job finding his niche. And we had a we had a long conversation about. Um, shopping local and why that's so darn important and the, the latest in his world he had in fact he just had a little about with with a, had a little chest sickness and was in the process of improving but just once again when you when you when you are the jack of all trades and you run a small newspaper you can't you don't have time to get sick which uh which in his case uh you know he's lucky he didn't take him down a little bit further but i really enjoyed that conversation i i had a great visit with josh morgan the top hurricane chaser in the world he has a, a new tv show that's that's out now um that tells the stories of his his hurricane chases which are incredible um he's also sort of the the hurricane chaser guy for the weather channel excuse me the, the weather nation and Weather Nation has really come on strong and been a good competitor to the to the Weather Channel. He's been doing live remotes from from Bay St. Louis, where you know he lives in L.A. and he owns a company, a, a major marketing company called Simblaze, and they do work for major corporations across America. Very successful, I might add. That's what enables him to be able to be a, a hurricane chaser, a hurricane historian, the way that he is. But. But he does live remotes from uh, Bay St. Louis because he's decided that this is going to be his headquarters for chasing in the future. So much so, actually, that he's bought land and he's designed a house and will soon start construction in downtown Bay St. Louis in, in Old Town. So he'll be splitting, splitting his time between Bay St. Louis and uh, in L.A. Just a great conversation. He has an international following, literally an international following. So when he posts beautiful pictures from Bay St. Louis or coastal Mississippi, he's speaking to the world and engaging people in the world. And he loves dispelling, dispelling, dispelling excuse me, myths about Mississippi to his followers. Um, yesterday I had a conversation with Chuck Nicholson, who's the CEO and president of Community Bank, and we talked about the enormous growth that that bank has been through all over uh, the last many years. 
And it was a very impressive conversation. But what was most impressive to me was the part where we talked about his father being a Methodist minister. I I think he said his grandfathers and uncles were also Methodist ministers and uh, how that sort of created a servant's heart in him. And he sees being a banker as sort of being a servant. And you can see it from the time he spends in the community. Uh, the time he spends in his industry, the way he gives back to the University of Mississippi, that he's a guy who's super committed to the community. It was just a great conversation. So if you missed it, I would really encourage you to take a look at it. And lastly, I had a conversation with Jim Asher, who is a good friend, who um, is a Pulitzer Prize winning editor. He spent some time at the Sun-Herald, actually, after Hurricane Katrina. He works for Knight Ritter, the, the company that owned uh, Knight Ritter. The company that bought Knight Ritter, McClatchy, he was actually the, the Washington bureau chief for for, Knight, for uh, McClatchy, was involved in international stories, involved in coverage of Washington, how we t- discuss Washington, truth in media, truth in journalism, and then the changing role of media. Just all really, really good stuff. I mean, I could go on and on. I just wanted to kind of wet your whistle on some of the shows you might have missed. So without any further ado, let's kind of move over to my friend, Todd Trenchard, I always enjoy the time that Todd and I spend together. Todd's just a consummate community leader, and he's also the executive director for the Baco Foundation of South Mississippi. Sort of a new name. We used to talk about the Baco McCarty Foundation, but Baco has gone through a transition. We've talked about it on the show before, but it's really a foundation that's helping to fill gaps all across coastal Mississippi. And uh, congratulations (laughs) on your transition, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, it's come a long way. It's been 20 years since we came up with this idea, uh, you know, just as a way to, like you said, sort of meet the unmet needs that weren't being met out there in the community. And of course, Katrina, I guess, sort of ushered us into the spotlight overnight. And uh, it's been uh, a cri- quite a ride. Uh, we've shared it together and seen a lot of ups and downs here in our community. But you certainly see uh, a lot of positive things happening, and uh, the future looks pretty bright. It does. Listen, I, I saw the the uh, Facebook post that you did with the incredibly active um, members of your board and the picture of all of you guys together. I know so many of them, all of them great community leaders. And then also a separate uh, picture of your staff. And you made a comment about how wonderful it is to have such a great staff and such a great board to work with. Now, a lot of executive directors just say that. You know, they don't always mean it. <laughs> but you mean it. I know you mean it because I, I, I know who's on your board and I know what you guys do together. Um, you make a great team, but you're really lucky, aren't you? Definitely. And, you know, uh, again, when you start thinking it's that you're doing everything, that's when, uh, you know, you're going to fail. But, you know, you've got to have that team and you've got to get a team that works together. Uh, I like to think that we're just sort of the guys steering the ship and uh, they're the ones paddling, you know, underneath uh, and making it look so simple for me. Uh, but we're we're just blessed to have leaders from all across this region. Uh, I watch people for about a year or two, and uh, sometimes you wait a little bit, and uh, I I don't know that you can get a a better board that's uh, more representative of our entire region than what we have, and that wasn't even all of them. It's like herding cats. When you have an event, a lot of our board is having to do other things, or they're somewhere else in the country doing something, but... uh, we gather them up once a year for a Christmas party, and uh, you know, last night took that picture. 
uh, we even had two students that we use as senior assistants in that picture. And one of the students was talking to the board, introducing herself, and she said, I'm going to graduate in May, but before I graduate in May from high school, I will have attained my associate degree from the community college. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, just what talent we have out there. And, uh, you know, I guess our jobs as, you know, the leaders of these organizations is to just empower them and let them do their thing. Yeah, you know, gosh, you know, you opened up so many possibilities, but this student talking about get, obtaining a degree while she's in high school just reminds me. And I, I had one of the conversations I had in the past week was with Mary Graham from Gulf Coast Community College. We spent an entire hour together. But the partnerships that she's developed with local educators, superintendents, business and industry has transformed Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College in ways that have made them incredibly able to turn on a dime. And over 50% of the students at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College today are in non-traditional education. And some of them are going to come out, come out of these two-year programs, sometimes one-year programs, making $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the partnerships with Ingalls and all of these important industries here in coastal Mississippi, um, the one that you just mentioned where someone can go to high school and also simultaneously take college courses it's um, that's innovation, man. That's preparing our young people to be able to be incredibly competitive when they get out in the job market. It's great to see that, isn't it? It is. And uh, I was blessed to serve on that uh, foundation board at the college with Mary for many, many, many years, probably 15 years. And uh, we went through Leadership Mississippi together and I got to meet her. And uh, she's no nonsense. Uh, she uh, she has certainly done a fantastic job, like you said, of partnerships with Engels, Chevron, Mississippi Power, uh, you know, some of these uh, non-traditional pathways that people are taking today. Uh, she is certainly uh, one of the bright lights in our entire coastal region and uh, uh, certainly one of the closest people I have. But uh, you don't have that opportunity everywhere in the country. And I, I think you're starting to see a real change in our younger generation, you know, instead of going to the traditional Ole Miss, Southern Miss, or Mississippi State, maybe going to the community college for a couple of years and laying that foundation for, you know, future success. And uh, I certainly promote it when I'm talking to, uh, you know, young kids. It, it's sometimes tough to go away to, to college on both the families because of the expense of it. Uh, and you're just young. I mean, 17 years old is uh, I know I wasn't ready for it. I, I spent quite a few years, you know, spinning my wheels and, uh, you know, I wish we had a community college system like we have down here. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been something that's been a tremendous uh, benefit for this region. We're chatting with my friend Todd Trenchard, and I do mean my friend. We've worked in the community together for so many years. But he's the executive director of the Baco Foundation of South Mississippi and, and happens to be 25 years of sobriety. I talk about his story all the time because his story sort of represents don't ever give up on somebody. Everyone, it may take, people are going to get to sobriety in different ways. Some some won't find it, but God, you know, hopefully most do. And uh, his story is one of resilience. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back on the other side. See you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, there's a there's a theme on Coast View this time of year is that we should uh, sort of freeze the moment and thank God for this moment. And I say it all the time. We, we should live in the moment. We can't do anything about yesterday. We shouldn't worry too much about tomorrow. We certainly can plan for that, but but we should spend more time living in the moment. And when I talk about living in the moment, for someone like Todd Trenchard, who's been through what he has been through, in fact, celebrating now 25 years of sobriety, um, living in the moment has a special meaning to you, doesn't it, Todd? It does. It puts a different perspective on life. Uh, you know, I, I say the saying all the time, you can't soar with the eagles till you dance with the devil. And I've danced with the devil. I've been to the lowest points that a person can go to. And it makes you appreciate uh, when you just get over a little obstacle uh, and then a little bit larger obstacle. It, it, I don't know that I would have had whatever career successes I had without having all the failures I had in life and uh, building that resilience, uh, building that, uh, uh, I guess, that mindset that nothing was going to keep me down. And uh, I knew that if you worked hard and you stayed within the the parameters that, uh, you know, the cards that were dealt to you, uh, I know what my limitations are. I've never tried to chase money. Uh, I knew it wasn't about that. It's just a different perspective. And I'm blessed to be able to have been able to spend time on both sides uh, of this gamut called life. And uh, a lot of people don't get a chance to do that. So uh, Listen, I, look, I look back today and it's a blessing, everything that ever happened to me. I look at, I, I remember a conversation I was having not long ago. And someone was revealing to me that someone close to them had a chemical dependency. And he said something like, they'd been to rehab, oh my gosh, it's been like three times, and we're just going to give up on them. That's the, what they said. I said, three times? Are you kidding me? And I, I immediately started to convey, and I, I've done this on the air, incidentally, by the way, but, but in this particular case, it wasn't on the air. And I conveyed to them your story of your mother dropping you off at the, at the front door of Homes of Grace to die. She did not expect you to make it. And by that moment in time, how many different times had you been, I already know the answer, but I, I want you to talk about it. How many different times had you been to rehab? Well, we look back at it later. Uh, Home of Grace was either the 40th or 41st time that I had been to a treatment center. And that doesn't include all the other attempts at sobriety that uh, you could mix in there. It literally was close to 19 to 20 years of just being in a squirrel cage of uh, fighting for your life and uh, trying different approaches to make something change. And, uh, you know, again, I was blessed to have a mother that never gave up, prayed every day that something could happen to her son. And she was very smart because when she dropped me off, she drove away, uh, left me there to die. But she also knew that, you know, one of two things would happen. First, I'd die or second, I would, you know, find God. And that's what happened. Uh, and my mother, uh, uh, like I said, is pretty uh, worldly. And it's pretty hard for a parent to let go of a child like that 
knowing it might be the last time they see it. And it was it was several years before I'd see her again. But uh, I know when she finally passed away and I was taking care of her, uh, all of it was worth it. And, uh, you know, I don't know that you could really I couldn't I couldn't even adequately describe that feeling. Uh, yeah. to know what it's like to uh, come back and show a parent that you can change. But when I met you, Todd, when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, what what I never will forget about you is that you had you had been in sobriety for a while, but and you were like this, this imagine this like um, this sealed can that was just filled with pressure, and you wanted to make your mark as as significantly and as fast as you could because and you had decided that you were going to use the rest of your life to get back to the community and and i was i was even afraid to sort of pierce that that can because they would explode there was so much energy there ready to get back to the community but that's kind of where you were wasn't it i mean you literally you knew that you had arrived now at a place where you could substantively give back but you had to sort of earn the credibility because you had blown it so many times Times, people had to know they could trust you and it took a while to build the trust but you did didn't you yeah and you know again I, I like to always say when I'm talking to people today you got to have a champion and I had some great champions that stepped in the gap for me and gave me that shot uh, you look back at it why I don't know you know Royce Compass why would he give somebody a shot like that and a position like he did at Eminem Bank where I would have a forum to, you know, later start this foundation and, uh, you know, have that platform to do the things that we were able to do. Uh, Robbie Maxwell, who was, you know, later become the mayor of Pascagoula, uh, same thing. You know, you've got a, I, I guess, a responsibility that when you arrive to give back and try to help others uh, and give them a hand up, you did that uh, by recognizing the efforts with you know, the Sun-Herald Award, that just empowered me more. I mean, that, that meant so much to me. I'll never forget that. When you gave me that call, I went outside in the chamber park a lot, broke down crying because I knew I had finally arrived. I say that story all the time. That was the defining moment that I knew that, uh, you know, my life was starting to go in a positive direction. And that's that's even 15 years ago. So there's another 15 more years after that. So uh, I don't think that uh, life ever ends. I think it just adds another chapter to it. And if I've learned anything, uh, never count yourself out and nothing's impossible uh, as long as you do what you're supposed to do just one day at a time, like they say. Well, as we discussed before, and for people who have not heard us talk before, 40 times, maybe 41, maybe more than that when you consider the, the, I'm sure that the people who were close to you in your life, that wasn't a formal intervention, so to speak, but that led to a rehab facility, but it was still an effort to try to get you to find sobriety. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just an inspiring story to say, never give up, never give up. And there are a lot of people who are listening to this, who have family and friends and, and, um, people who are close to you that you know have chemical dependencies. Some will admit it, many won't. That's part of the problem, unfortunately, with chemical dependency, whether it be alcohol or drugs or whatever it might be, um, is that they have a hard time sort of understanding or admitting that they have a problem. Uh, the problem is if you don't admit you have a problem, it's eventually going to become a really big problem, and you will know that you have a problem. And by then, it's kind of 
it's more difficult to, to, to deal with. But what I would say is use Todd's story as an inspiration. Do some research on Todd Trenchard. Read about his story. Share his story with people who you know need to hear the message that he has. And, uh, you know, use this holiday season as an opportunity to give someone a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, I don't care how many times, chance so they can find sobriety and learn to live in the moment and be able to contribute back to your family and your friendship and your community the way that Todd has. It's a great inspiration. Anything else you want to add, Todd, before we shift gears? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, this Christmas season, you know, a lot of times uh, families and somebody that's suffering from addiction, they always say, let's wait till after the holidays, you know, to address it. First of all, uh, this thing doesn't count days. Today could be your last day. And the best Christmas present you can ever give somebody that you care about is to get them into a place where they're starting their recovery today. And, uh, you know, I see... I used to do that all the time. I'll wait till after Christmas to check in. Uh, I've seen too many that have died along the way, waiting for that day to come. And, uh, you know, it doesn't play favorites. It, you know, it's, it's, it becomes almost a Russian roulette every day when you get to the way I was. Wow, that's a powerful message. Don't wait. You never know. Um, you know, one of the things I hate to, uh, in, in having conversations with people in the law enforcement community or with, uh, say, the Bureau of Narcotics, et cetera, we get into discussions about how so many of the drugs that kids are buying today, or even adults for that matter, they don't really know what's in there. They're trusting who? Some drug dealer from from Mexico or whatever? Mm -hmm. And it could be laced with God knows what. And fentanyl, as you know, is an incredibly dangerous drug. Mm -hmm. And um, just a small portion can kill a lot of people. And you see, see kids or people who, you know, think they trust the drugs that they're taking. They take the drug; it's laced with too much fentanyl, and they die on the spot. That's one of the. I mean, it's, you're not when you say they could die. You don't just mean the cumulative nature of what they're doing. They may get a bad drug, and and uh, in this market that we're in today, too many people are dying from fentanyl, and um, and it, and you mean it. You mean it. Don't wait, don't you? I do, and uh, again, I've I've worked with people in recovery now for the past twenty, probably three years, and I've sent them home for Christmas. Uh, they were doing fantastic, and the next morning, have to call their, you know, mother or father up and say that that person overdosed. Like you said, yeah. this fentanyl thing has gotten really out of control, and uh, it's a dangerous world out there. You have no idea what you're taking. So. It is a dangerous world. Just keep that in mind as you're thinking about this part of the conversation. Hey, when we come back, I want to talk about Todd's TV show and how it's doing. I had the pleasure of joining him on that show recently. And then we'll circle back on the on the Baco Foundation of South Mississippi and some of the efforts that they're involved in today. We'll see you after this break. on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Todd Trenchard, who is the executive director for Baco Foundation of South Mississippi. And, uh, you know, you know, Todd, if you if you pay close attention to XXV, for example, these days, um, he is uh, he's developed a great relationship with Don Moore, the general manager from XXV. Don was actually on the show recently. I had an awesome conversation with him, recalling days when I was at the Sun Herald and he was at WLOX, and he jumps over to uh, work as the general manager for WXXV, and he's doing such a fine job there. Got to see him in person actually when I came over to join you on your TV show, but that's turned out to be a really good partnership, hasn't it? It has. It started years ago with uh, Bobby Edwards when Bobby was a station manager and he was on our board. And we actually were filming over here in Pascoola and sending it over to WXXV. But when Bobby retired and Don came over, we met up and decided to build a set inside the studio there. And it is something about shooting in a TV studio. Uh, it gives you a lot better quality of, you know, both visual, audio, uh, and, you know, we've sort of started off slowly. Uh, the show is now starting to run on its own. Uh, Amanda uh, Ray has uh, been a tremendous help to this process because it's really her putting the show together and, you know, putting all the B-roll and everything together and working with their uh, the people editing the show. Uh, when you've done this as long as you and I have, it, it's easy to do this part to put a sort of picture in the, the background to it is really the tedious part. And uh, she's doing a fantastic job with that. So uh, I'm really excited about going forward uh, with it. It's a convenient location and it gives the people in the community a forum. Uh, we're not trying to focus on just nonprofits or businesses or really if it's a, you know, positive story that we can get out there. Uh, and then they air it on these stations that play over the entire region. So it's playing five times a week. We're a lead in to Saturday Night Live on one station. We follow NFL football on Fox on Saturday night. <laughs> so yeah. it's got a it's got a great presence out there, and they're doing all this complimentary. So uh, you know, hats off to them. Hats off to him. Don, Don is a very talented guy. And what was interesting is when I came there to do the show with you, he actually worked the camera. He 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 really wants to to get in and 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 be part of, of uh, working with his team. And um, he's again he's super talented, knows a lot about how to make a show go well. Amanda was there and got to got a chance to spend some time with her. And in subsequent shows, I see her on, you know more on the air these days. And I think she, by the way, she, I think she does a terrific job having conversations. But the set the set's beautiful. And I think the conversations are in, are really important. I mean, one of the reasons why I think Coast View is uh, has been so well received. I was checking postal um, uh, the uh, some of the some of the metrics you get on Facebook the other day, and I had a post that I did the other day, and it got engaged you know, twelve thousand over twelve thousand engagement, which right. for one post that's pretty significant, and it's showing that people are beginning to really enjoy these positive conversations that both of us are having about what it takes to make a community like ours tick. It's, it's really making a difference. And the way I look at it is there can't be enough of those conversations. Uh, that's just the reality. And the, the conversations that we're having, you and I get smarter about what it takes to make this community roll the way that it does. 
And we get a chance to put the spotlight on people, literally, who are making a difference. It's it's, it's pretty awesome responsibility, and it's an honor, isn't it? It is. And uh, I was just talking to Kyle, you know, on a show like yours where you're airing every day, I can only imagine. So I know you have to probably tape a couple at one time uh, because it it can almost become consuming (laughs) just one after another. Uh, I I just do it once a week and it almost seems like it's every day. So I can imagine uh, what you're doing. And, you know, again, hats off. You could have walked off to retirement and walked away, but you just couldn't and you came back. And, <laughs> well, uh, I did. I did. And I did so happily. But um, I think it's know, coming really up on what? We're, we're coming up on what? Two years? Through, coming up on three years. Three years. I yeah, I, I give Steve Davenport and Kim Dillon a lot of, a lot of credit for pitching the idea, which I laughed, literally laughed in their face, so there's no way I'll ever do a radio show daily like this. And um, they waited four months, over four months, for me to decide to do it. And I had forgotten, you and I have talked about this before, how much I enjoy connecting. Mm -hmm. And my years of experience as a publisher and in media, it helps. You know, I learned a lot after Katrina about our community and this gives me a chance to kind of bring all that those those databases of information back and make it be part of the conversation. And you've had the same kind of experience. I mean, you you bring a different kind of experience, and it makes a big difference. I still consider myself retired, even though I come to do these shows. Kyle makes it incredibly easy for me to do them, and then Cami Martin, who helps with right. lining up the guests and and sort of um, um, briefing people and kind of cutting through. So a lot of people want to be on the show, but the thing is, it's a long form show, and we we, we don't want to you know we don't want to put somebody on shows can't do a long term show because then what happens is I ask a question and then they say yes, right, and then. And then I go, uh oh, you know, <laughs> got some time, got some time to feel. But I've really enjoyed it, and I enjoy paying attention to your show. And again, coming back to Amanda for a second, she's been an excellent addition to your team, hasn't she? She is, and uh, you know, I've you know a skill set that I haven't seen or witnessed. Uh, you know, they didn't pick it up that quick, and uh, she either has a secret life in another state, another life that I don't know about, or. Uh, She's just a little phenomenon because it's like <laughs> almost effortlessly uh, uh, watch this. But, you know, that's, uh, you know, the changing of the guard. Uh, you've getting younger people that, uh, you know, are interested in these type of things that some of us older people, you know, I guess are exposed to them. And I do certainly see her taking much more of a, a role with the television show in the future. Uh, but she's just been an incredible asset to not only this foundation, but sort of behind the scenes, people do not understand how much she's doing. And I, I couldn't be more thrilled uh, to be able to cross paths with her. Well, as the way we started the show, I mean, your, your board and staff, it's, you know, it's a team effort. It takes a lot to do what you do because you, the, the Baco McCarty Foundation, uh, the Baco, now the Baco uh, Foundation of South Mississippi, has, raises a lot of money, and you don't try to compete with other organizations like United Way or whoever else you name them. You're about helping to sort of fill the gaps, and we've had long conversations about this before. We can't have enough organizations focused on raising money to give back to the community because there are so many needs in our community. No one, There's literally no way one organization can do it all. And Baco has done a good, good job of finding those gaps 
developing partnerships within those gaps and helping helping satisfy the needs of the community. And um, it's a formula that's really worked well for you guys, has, isn't it? It has. And uh, again, I, I like to say this all the time. I work very closely with T. McCovey over here with the United Way. T is ball of energy and been such an asset. What we try to promote is philanthropy. It, it, it doesn't matter if you give to us, you give to United Way, you give to, you know, Walter Anderson Museum of Art. Just give somewhere back in your community. It doesn't have to be dollars. It could be volunteerism. It could be, you know, just uh, mentoring a child or something at a playground. And you're starting to see that. Uh, the connectivity we have here on the Gulf Coast is absolutely astounding. And I think it's because of disasters like Katrina. We started working together. You know that. I mean, the, these adversities that we faced has made us stronger. And there, this is not the given on a lot of, uh, you know, places around the country. Uh, my brother would live up in Washington, D.C. They're like, why do y'all talk to each other? I mean, people just don't communicate and interface like we do. And uh, I think we're stronger because of it. And, uh, you know, the sector that I work in is really the same as like you were just talking about the banking sector. You now have bankers that are out there. They really care about their community. And uh, uh, it, it really is a unique place in this country that we have down here. It really is. You know, you're a master at developing relationships. Um I've had a theme on my show recently. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's a no-brainer that this whole notion of spending our money locally is really important. And you you deal with a lot of small businesses, a lot of businesses in general, a lot of entrepreneurs who's you know who have bet the ranch on this market, but they're the ones who are giving back to the community. I had a great conversation, for example, with. Jamie Bates and John Ray. Jamie, the professional photographer with Daddy's Barbecue, and then John Ray with Mississippi Gulf Coast Furniture and Office Supply and their commitment to Camping for Hope and the, the homeless community and the work that they put into that. But these are local entrepreneurs that if they didn't have business success, they wouldn't be able to get back to the local community. So in the final segment, I'll talk a little bit more about how the Baco McCarty Foundation or the Baco, uh, Baco Foundation of South Mississippi now, how they, how they connect these people together to serve needs. And it's a lot about relationship building. But we'd be toast if people didn't spend their money locally, and we want to urge people to do that. We'll continue with Todd Trenchard when we get back on the other side. See you after this. Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, I have my friend Todd Trenchard, executive director of the Baco Foundation of South Mississippi. And we're just talking about, you know, we're going to spend the, this last segment reminding people why it's important to spend your money locally because it really helps. When, when it's, we spend, not that the big corp corporations aren't involved in community, they certainly are. But if you look at the segment of small business, merchants, restaurant tours, others, 
what they do to give back to the community is absolutely phen- phenomenal and uh, and they need business success and every 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 dollar we spend locally 80 cents stays local and it also helps them be able to give back to the community like the kind like the example I gave of Jamie Bates and John Ray giving back to the homeless community but you see this play out over and over again uh, don't you, Todd? These relationships that you're developing in all of these communities across coastal Mississippi, and you see firsthand why it's important for us to spend our money locally, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, you start seeing people that start thinking out of the box. Uh, John Carter is one of them. You know, where he set up something that helps local cancer patients. Uh, and, and sure, the American Cancer Society, great organization and stuff like that, but you also could see that there was a way to raise money here locally to help people locally. And he sort of filled in that sort of uh, gap that was missing before. Uh, what we've done is develop partnerships all across this region. And we brought people together through super events because of the generosity of IP and Boyd Gaming, bring people together to where they get to know each other. They start shopping together. They start doing business together. You would buy cars from each other. And, you know, it is so important uh, because those same people are the ones that are going to help support your, you know, mission or your nonprofit. So uh, it all works hand in hand. And, uh, uh, you know, we've got such great leaders in our chamber positions from Paige to Adele to Tish. I mean, these are, I mean, just on another level that never stop. They have insatiable energy and uh, uh, they're out there connecting the dots. Uh, Like I said, the best is yet to come down here in South Mississippi. There's no doubt about it. You you think about, man, Tish brought foundation experience into the Hancock Chamber. You have uh, Paige who brought television experience and Red Cross experience into her role. Adele, who brings Habitat for Humanity and Knight Foundation experience into her role. I could keep going on with the others as well. But the reality is, man, we've got some incredible leaders here in coastal Mississippi. I I can't. Listen, we can spend an hour together. Each one of us and I can spend an hour together on this show and still have three more hours worth of stuff we could talk about. Because they're so deeply engaged in the community and building value in the community on so many dimensions simultaneously i often say it's not your it's not your father's chamber anymore even though they still do those things it's we are very lucky aren't we we're definitely lucky and you know i i love to go back and i i want to bring up you know the roland weeks awards that you started all those years ago and you can look at that original class of under 40 and where those under 40 people are today uh, they are the leaders that are now, you know, moving this whole engine forward. And, uh, you know, I, they had such talent. If it wasn't this community uh, and, and wasn't a benefit that they could go anywhere they wanted to in the world and, and done the same thing. But uh, we're blessed to have those same people down here. Uh, and it starts feeding on itself. Uh, there's people probably, like you said, watching this show right now or when we're your shows when you're on uh you know the radio and they're gonna say i want to be that person one day we have such great young leadership it's unbelievable Uh, it is it is i i had the honor of um i think jamie miller and i actually are going to be doing a session together for the coach young professionals 
or maybe it's for Leadership Gulf Coast. It might be for Leadership Gulf Coast. But but anyway, on um, on growth opportunities for Coastal Mississippi, and you know, I don't. I'm retired, man. I don't. I, I usually speak through this show, mm-hmm. but when I get an opportunity to have the the when I have the opportunity to speak, sit down with young leaders who are making their mark. I feel an obligation to to tap into that. And by the way, I'm by doing so, I'm going to get a lot from it because I'm going to meet some new people. I'll find some people that I I want to focus on through this show, and it's going to make a big difference. Incidentally, my team and I had a conversation last night. I'm going to start a new award at Coastview, and it's not going to be top ten or anything like that. It's going to be uh, identifying. People periodically along the way that that fit a certain criteria, I'll be the judge, and we will give them a special award for for um, making their mark in Coastal Mississippi. People that we can really put the spotlight on, and I'm looking forward to getting that started pretty soon. Yeah, I think it's good to recognize people and their achievements. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, those awards are this." No, those awards you know, empower somebody to realize that their life has a purpose. And, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, I, I think it's fantastic what you were able to come up with that idea of recognizing leadership and here, what we have today is a much stronger uh, community because of it. There's no doubt. And it, and it, again, it's holding others up as an example. You want others to be inspired by their story and they get the recognition that is for sure. But the real, real purpose is to inspire others. We want yeah. people to be inspired the way that you were inspired. Listen, Todd, we could go on and on, but we're out of time. It's been a pleasure, my friend. God bless you and, and, uh, and your team. And uh, I hope you have a great holiday, my friend. Same to you and Kyle. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.